1: Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com.
0: One of the main issues that's been talked about during the pandemic has to do with kids and education and how much education they're losing, what they need to uh, be able to recapture, whether that's possible. Some people have been talking about the lost generation. We're going to be talking to right now to two uh, Teachers Federation presidents about this issue Terry Mooring is our first guest. She's the president of the British Columbia Teachers Union. Ms. Mooring, how are you?
1: I'm fine, Roy, thanks for having me. Yeah,
0: good to have you back with us. Uh, How would you describe the last year plus for teachers, for students, for parents, on the education trail in British Columbia? What's it been like?
1: Well, I think it's been extraordinarily stressful for a number of reasons. In, In BC, we're one of the few jurisdictions that kept schools open the entire time and part of the issue was the lack of preventative measures uh, that were put in place to keep everyone safe and so in other words we didn't have a mask policy in bc schools until well late into the spring and um, so we went from september till march end of march um, without a mask policy and and that was really problematic Um, also you know the inability to physically distance uh, in classrooms and so the reality is, is in many places in B.C., uh, we saw hundreds, some schools, you know, almost a 1,000 uh, exposure notifications. We saw, you know, thousands of, of students and staff having to self-isolate. We saw um, teachers uh, in B.C. being the second highest uh, sector for claims of COVID-19, uh, according to the uh, work. Um, WCB Workers uh, work safe stats, and um, and the seventy five percent of them were elementary uh, school teachers, and so you know schools were kept open. Um, the, the preventative measures, as I say, were inadequate. Ventilation systems were still working with government on improving. And so I, I would say that schools stayed open in B.C., but there was a very high cost to pay, and, and that was, uh, you know, morale of the people that work in schools. But also it was extraordinarily stressful for families and students, especially in those areas where we had high instances of uh, the virus circulating in communities, and we had lots and lots of, you know, folks having to isolate. The other thing Thing that we didn't do in BC is um, account for any um, asymptomatic transmission of the virus. You can only get tested in BC if you show symptoms. So definitely, um, you know, it, it's, uh, we, we kept schools open, but there was a price to pay for that.
0: So how do you then view the fact that British Columbia, the government is planning near normal returns for K-12, kindergarten to grade 12 students this fall? What are your thoughts?
1: Well, I, I was actually happy to hear that it wasn't just normal, to, <laughs> that, th- that it's not going to be a normal year, and indeed it will not be. Um, there needs to be still safety measures put in place, and we're still working with government, and we'll do so over the summer to identify schools that where ventilation systems are inadequate and something else needs to be done. Uh, it's really unfortunate, again, that work started so late in the day. Um, And what we'll have to take a look at is uh, the vaccination rates of 12 to 17-year-olds. Right now in B.C., for first doses, it sits at 50%. We'll have to see what that looks like in August. And so one thing that I do support is that a number of decisions will not be made until August. And so at that point, we'll need to see the geographic dispersion of those vaccinations for the 12 to 17-year-olds, because what I suspect will happen is that there'll be some areas of the province where there'll be low uh, vaccination rates and potentially still high rates of transmission of the virus. And if that's the case, we'll have to take a regional approach. But, um, you know, BC right now is doing a 48-hour vaccination clinic in a hard-hit area, and so that hopefully will help the Rates for the 12 to 17 year olds. There's a high take-up of vaccinations for uh, educational workers, mm-hmm. and so that that's great.
0: Uh, What do you make of the Vancouver School Board phasing out uh, the honors program in math and sciences in high schools? Because according to the school district, this approach fails to meet equity and inclusion requirements. Now, I've been reading and I've been talking to some people in BC, parents have worried that their kids may have difficulty fitting into an entirely mainstream school culture and will be intimidated because of their abilities in math and science. What's the view of the BC Teachers Union about this?
1: Well, part of the problem in BC right now is uh, the dramatic underfunding of the system for the last couple of decades. And what that means is uh, districts have to make choices about programs and can't carry all the programs. We are highly dependent in Vancouver and other Um, lower mainland school districts, the large school districts, on the international school program. Um, That money, that millions of dollars that get brought in from international students is used to supplement the basics in B.C., um, you know, uh, programs like uh, music programs and band and string programs and, and the kinds of programs that frankly take, keep kids in school mm. um, and, and give kids choice choices uh, are on the chopping block right now because of underfunding. And what we're calling for is for the government to do something about the temporary shortfall in that funding. Um, obviously, the international school program was hit hard by the pandemic. But there's yeah, but an Ms. overall... Uh,
0: Ms. Mooring, where does this uh, fit into the uh, question about the honors program in math and well, science Well, the honors
1: program like other programs th- these are about funding issues. It's the inability to carry those choice programs. Um because of because there just isn't enough money to go around and so we're seeing a lot of programs being cut that mm. students depend on.
0: When parents say they have concerns that their kids will not fit in because they have an ability specifically with science and math and so now they're going to be in a main uh, program, in a mainstream. Is, is, that, uh, is that a concern that uh, that is echoed by the teachers or, or do you agree with the board when it says this approach, the honors program, uh, does not meet equity and inclusion requirements?
1: Yeah, I I you know, I'm I'm actually not um we don't have a position on on this and um I'm not particularly familiar with all of the um rationale that the Vancouver school board has uh, has given for this particular decision, but overall I do know that um Underfunding is one of the key issues that's causing a lot of these decisions to be made.
0: Okay, now what is your view of the term? And I've heard this many times, and I've heard it from guests, including university professors. What's your view of the term lost generation, which is something uh, we hear, again, quite regularly, about concerns about a generation of children and teens who have experienced far too much developmental life loss for some of them perhaps to ever truly emerge unscarred. What are your concerns there? Well,
1: specifically, from the pandemic, I mean, I, yeah, I, that's what I it,
0: that's what of, the concern I, is.
1: Yeah, I sort of take some exception with that deficit model. Um, learning doesn't happen that way. In other words, a, students don't lose a month of school and then all of a sudden um, are a month behind. That's not how learning works, actually. And um, and approaching it from a strength-based model is, is much better. In other words, students come to school in various places in their educational development uh, for lots of different reasons, including trauma that can impact student learning significantly. And, you know, we also know that the pandemic has disproportionately impacted students at that were already vulnerable <laughs> and so students and families that already you know um are subjected to because of poverty and, and other issues uh racism um they're they're already um you know experiencing significant trauma uh, quite apart from the pandemic but but intensified during the pandemic so there's lots of reasons why students learning might be impacted teachers are well versed in working with this and obviously in the coming year uh, though we kept schools open in bc um, you know, teachers are going to be live to the issue that not everyone's going to have uh, fared well during it, and, and we know that, you know, fam- as I say, families are disproportionately impacted. Okay. So that will be taken to, into account uh, next year. Uh, teachers will be working with those students, and I know that um, there are some summer school programs as well. Um, that are going to be operating. so i'm i'm not I'm not uh, so worried about that. I think that we'll have things to catch up. But if we view kids as a deficit as having learning gaps, that's not a good start. Right. That's not how we view uh, students or education.
0: If you want to hear more, subscribe to the Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend.